When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And uh, Sean, you left your box of toothpicks in, in the car after we brought you back for the bachelor party. It was empty. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. He left his journal at my house, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Damn it. You can't read I got, I have all Sean's secrets just right on my desk. Who is this person, Ryan, who you describe as just as yeah. hot as Jam, but in a different way? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I took a little read through your notebook. <laughs> Who's, uh... <laughs> Who's Ryan? Uh... <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains. That are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. For your business paper needs or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people, Dundamip, then the people purses paper people, Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of the office by fans of the office. I'm your host and hot urologist, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's fire guy. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. When you mess with my family, I can't be responsible for my actions. When are you ever responsible for your actions? Get off my ass, you hag. Hey, 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 something about that seems inappropriate. <laughs> Every week, every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week, we'll be looking at uh, Pam and Ryan. The, Something the, about the, that seems inappropriate. <laughs> uh, we'll be looking at Pam and Ryan's relationship, and then we're going to go into uh, some voicemails uh, sent to us by y'all. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Before we get into all that, uh, we have a little bit of housekeeping to get into. Um, Edwin, what do we got? Big well, I, housekeeping. Yeah, so the the first thing is, is, is in terms of our scheduling, um, we will probably have to skip a few weeks in the short term, in the near future, um, for a big reason that I will tell you about in just a moment. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned. We will try to keep going he as much as we he can. He has a good story. And he's yes. just... Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not even in the building yet. I was we in, all I'm actually want to hear it. Yeah. Um, but so stay, stay tuned. We'll keep you posted on social uh, if and when we have to skip weeks. And um, so pay attention to like Instagram for that. Um, we're we're, we're going to try and you know keep our regular... We're going to try and give you as many episodes as we can as normal. But there just may be some weeks we have to take off. And we sort of had to do that, but... Uh, I mean, at the very least, we'll still be still be hitting you every at least every couple weeks, and hopefully, we'll have some some bigger episodes as we uh, as we close yeah. out the year. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, just just letting you all know, we are going yeah. to do our absolute best. And then, as far as why, Alex, do you want to you want to hit that drop? Oh yeah, I already won the lottery. I was born in the U.S. of A, baby, and as backup, I have a Swiss passport. <laughs> So a uh, big uh, up life update for me. Uh, I got a new job and I am moving to Switzerland in a few weeks. So um, not by the time you hear this, but uh, in the by the end of the month, uh, I will be moving over to uh, to Zurich for a new job. So what, big. what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <What>? So <laughs> darn. <laughs> 
obviously a big change, a lot to adjust to, uh, a lot to resettle, and a big time difference as well. So we are going to need to navigate all of that, uh, at least in the short term, yeah. and uh, we'll need to figure all of that out. So that's thought about it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm coming. We're, we're coming with you. So, for example, <laughs> all of all us. <laughs> For example, I think we're planning to not release a new episode next week, but we will have Patreon dropping next week, uh, which is a good reminder, as always, that you can subscribe to our Patreon for just $5 a month, uh, and you'll get a bonus mailbag every single month, in addition to bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, season two of our Ted Lasso podcast, and of course, we make a donation to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund every month with those proceeds. Uh, thanks again uh, to all of our Scott's Tots. I just... I, I just want to reiterate. I just just take a second here that Edwin's moving to Switzerland, <laughs> Zurich, Switzerland, Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> After Folks. moving to LA a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. Yeah, and he's moving there the to German just exclusively make office region. podcasts. <laughs> the places, <laughs> the places our show can take you, but not with not with you. I'll have yeah, to, I'll have to schedule joking. you in. It's, yeah, it's a hub. Zurich is a hub. He got recruited <laughs> by a Swiss office podcast mm-hmm. and uh, called Tapa Swissmas, and yeah. we're gonna miss him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm Eat, your heart. Oh, man, that was good. Eat your heart out, Emily, in Paris. <laughs> Edward Edward in Zurich. Zurich. Is, is on the way. <laughs> on the way, bitch. Um, yeah, we are. Congratulations, Edwin. It's a really cool opportunity, and um, we're uh, we're just gonna miss you so damn much. But thankfully, we can still hang out with you by doing this together. Someday, you guys <laughs> will come visit, and we'll eat. We'll find a tapas restaurant. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Whew, that might be sooner than you think. By the way, yeah, we're, I'm coming over there. Uh-oh. A week and a half. Yeah. A week and a half. I mean, Danny's already going to be there waiting yeah, for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, our friend, shout out to our friend Danny traveling around Europe solo right now. I, quick, right. quick anecdote, and this is a tip for everyone out there. So at at our friend Jordan's bachelor party, we went to a casino, and our friend Danny got hot at the craps table and won about seven hundred dollars uh, in a night. Uh, he then used that seven hundred dollars to upgrade both all of his round trip flights uh, to Europe and back to first class. And I thought that is oh, one of the best amazing. uses of casino winnings you could possibly <laughs> use. Is like something you'd never normally do. Extra money you basically just found from a night at the casino. And uh, he just sent us a picture to tell us what he was doing. <laughs> just fully, fully laid out on the plane, feet crossed, fully, fully laying amazing. down. Amazing. Wow, that uh, is what a great move. That is good, sound, foolproof advice. Go to the casino and win money so that you can upgrade your skills. <laughs> and if you don't win, don't upgrade your flight. Simple it's as bulletproof. That. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but pretty uh, soon Edwin will be flying uh, himself too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Switzerland, man, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy, yeah. crazy, bro. Well, so we got to navigate um, some time differences, and hence our why we're gonna have some breaks in programming. But hey, we got. We still got all that stuff on Patreon for you, you know, if you miss if you miss us in the meantime. So that's check right. It out. That's right. Um, well, let's get into today's main topic. Uh, to, today we are talking about Pam and Ryan. Uh, this is kind of an odd pair. Edwin, why are we talking about Pam and Ryan this week? Pam and Ryan present one of the more unique and I think understated relationships on The Office. Very contentious, very antagonistic. They go at each other quite a bit, especially in the later mm-hmm. seasons. And I think it progresses over the over the course of the show in a really interesting way. I think, too, we haven't done an episode talking about a relationship or a dynamic like this in a little while. And I thought this was a good one for us to dig back into. Yeah, we've been hitting some some character pairings recently. But, uh, yeah, I think of... of, of... I don't know if of all the characters, but certainly of all the core cast, as in the DVD cover type cast yeah. that we see, from which Ryan's always on for some reason, he and Pam are not totally opposite sides of the spectrum, but pretty darn close. Like as far as their values, um, how they interact with people, and how they try to be of use to people. Uh, yeah, I would say Ryan is purely—he's not evil. But he's amoral. <laughs> I think he's just apathetic and amoral all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think Pam has much more of those qualities where she does care about people and will care for people when they need it. Um, and Ryan will do exactly the opposite. He will use you uh, as he needs it. The other thing that kind of factors into this is that they have a very complex history with each other. Um 
with the Michael Scott Paper Company, with mm-hmm. Ryan asking Pam out when he's uh, in corporate, and all, and then the way that Pam kind of reacts to his relationship with Kelly, uh, his on again, off again relationship uh, with Kelly Kapoor, and <laughs> I think obviously all of these characters have histories together. They're in this same enclosed workspace for nine seasons, however many years that comes out to, but. Pam and Ryan have so many sort of really interesting, unique sort of interactions and clashes with each other that it really, really builds over the course of the show. Um, mm. Yeah, and I think the first one, because it doesn't happen so much in the early, early seasons, Ryan's character is still um, pretty understated, pretty often drawn in relation to Michael and Michael's infatuation with him. Um, but... One of the one I think one of the first things that Ryan does is he throws away his office Olympics medal, right? Right. No, I I I mean I think that like the word interactions is important because I don't think that I don't think that any of these that we're going to talk about today are like a like a storyline for an episode. They're they're yeah. kind of more micro things that happen, you know, just throughout yeah. the course of the show, and and therefore it's an interesting. <laughs> Uh, relationship to kind of analyze uh, just sort of through these little moments. I mean, in the Michael Scott paper company, that actual episode, not the arc, that that's kind of one where it is a lot of that plot is held up of the tension between Ryan and Pam, right? Yeah. And how Michael is sort of the only person who can kind of mediate between the two of them, which is actually true. It's it's a it's a that episode is is probably the most at least for me, I think the most prominent in terms of these two characters' relationships mm-hmm. uh, throughout the show it comes right in the middle of the whole series as well. Um, but b- both before and after that, they, they're constantly clashing. They constantly are sort of raising the eye at each other. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. It's not like they have a ton of plot together, but their characters are always present as like almost this like devil and angel on Michael's shoulders is kind mm-hmm. of what they are for, through the first I don't know, maybe actually not early, but I'd say starting in like season four through the rest of the show, that's kind of mm. kind of their roles uh, for Michael, at least. And I think, too, all of those smaller moments, like you said, they don't make up major storylines in episodes or seasons, but they add a lot of weight to their clashes later on, I think. Yes. Um, yes. When you review them holistically, I think you can see the like the fact that they are so opposed to each other, especially when Pam is very blunt with him. Um in season eight when when uh kelly and ravi are getting together so there, there's a lot of a lot of history and a lot of weight i think to their interactions that doesn't always come through uh with the other characters obviously with jim and dwight some of the major characters it does but um for example i'm thinking of when stanley and phyllis agree to take support jim while he's in philly and jim takes them out to lunch and phyllis drinks a lot of wine and Stanley orders extra lobster, and they're kind of joking that, of course, we'll do that, Jimmy. We love you guys. That mm-hmm. that speaks to their history in a way that maybe you, we as viewers have kind of forgotten. But I think with Pam and Ryan, that history is kind of more upfront. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, let's get into. You mentioned the the first moment of of Office Olympics, um, Ryan throwing away the medal. I mean, that is kind of like a heartbreaking moment as a viewer. I mean, wouldn't you say? I mean, that's like, that was such a just like, oh, how could he do that? Mm-hmm. Well, he's just like, he he comes in as like the youngest in the office, really. But he also comes in thinking he's the most grown up, where he's just like, this is ridiculous, right? He's, yeah. We even see this when he's just eating string cheese. He's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I just kind of hit an age and I, you know, just started going for it. Like, I stopped. I stopped being a child. And uh, there's a lot of things about Ryan where he really believes that in himself. And it's funny how they kind of reverse engineer that over the course of the series, where then by the end, he's calling his mom. He's like, always, (laughs) he needs his mom. (laughs) Like, when he freaks out of the Sabre store, he leaves. (laughs) Um, And like, for Pam, she's someone who would spend time making those metal. I mean, she doesn't make those ones, but she's, she's someone who would spend time making that. And like, those things are very important to her. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's a perfect example of like really where they deviate. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think this I think this is exactly a perfect metaphor for their whole relationship. That Ryan thinks he's better than the office, where Pam is kind of trying to like 
you know, believes that they all, you know, should be together and they're kind of a family and all these, you know, that's kind of how she talks later in the show. But that those feelings kind of exist here in this episode. I think early on, Pam is in that job, but she doesn't think she'll be there forever. She's engaged to Roy. She thinks that, um, you know, she does have bigger ambitions. She talks about the house with the porch. She talks about going to art school. She has these other dreams for herself. She doesn't see herself as a, being a receptionist, um, I right. think, long term. And right, and then over the, over the course of the show, we see that Pam actually does become more connected to the office. In season nine, she's really happy with her life there. She doesn't want to mm-hmm. leave it for Philly. Right. And Ryan is all is a temp. Always, always, always is a temp. Even <laughs> outside of maybe when he's in corporate, Ryan is not there permanently. He's not there long term. He doesn't really he except for when he kind of buys in. He's a shoe and, bitch. Yeah, yeah. There is a small moment where he decides when he wants to commit to the company. He's a, he's a junior sales person and he gets the business cards and things like that. But right. I think Ryan for his part too is also um like like you said, I think in the Michael Scott paper company arc, uh Michael's on the phone, he says Ryan thinks he's too cool to be here and or R thinks he's too cool to be here and P is not as much fun without J, without Jim. And P's being a giant P. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that's kind of the way that Ryan is, especially later on. Like, he's a temp in his relationship with Kelly. He's always kind of in and out. He's, if I flake, I flake. Lead me when I want to be led. When I'm in the mood to be led. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, he's, 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 he's just purely noncommittal mm-hmm. in every way. Uh, yeah. Which, which I think really bothers Pam, who kind of, I think has maybe struggled with some of those same things too. Like with her engagement to Roy, like that never went through art school, never went through totally for her. So I I wonder if there's some things where perhaps they are, you know, there's some deep similarities that neither of them would ever acknowledge. You know, there's that idea that like the people in your life that bother you the most are the most similar to you. Right. Like, like, or at least I believe that that always seems to be the case. Um, And I wonder if there's something there with Pam and Ryan as well. They have a sibling rivalry. Like, that's what it f- mm. can feel like sometimes, even though Pam would clearly be the older sibling just from, like, the level of maturity. Uh, <laughs> I think that, like, that's what it really feels like. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of, you know. Well, you think in the Michael Scott Paper Company arc, Pam has taken a huge risk. She's left her stable job. She's trying to grow. She's trying to have some new experiences in this new business venture. Ryan has been picked up from the bowling alley by Michael, but he still is too cool for school. He's on his phone all the time. He's he's on the laptop all he's on the, the time. La- yeah, making another. Oh, you're gonna make another spreadsheet. Okay. Uh, and it's just funny to watch that clash because they're coming at it from two opposite places. Ryan yeah. uh, thinks he's overqualified for everything. I can get there. <laughs> Um, another moment early on that kind of speaks to like they're just like weird hostility between each other is um, Pam kind of keep when Jim leaves the office uh, and goes to Stanford in season nine. Uh, Ryan, you mean Philly three? Wait, when he leaves season, to Philly in three. season nine, or to when he Stanford goes to Stanford in season three, Ryan takes his desk. And there's a moment where Pam keeps looking at, like, in the general direction of where he's <laughs> sitting, and he's just sort of like, what? He's just, like, annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, it's just a micro moment, but uh, just kind of, like, you know, doesn't make you think that they're going to be very good friends. <laughs> I I think, too, one sort of unspoken element of this is Pam and Jim's relationship and Jim and Ryan's relationship. Yes. How much of Pam's feelings for Ryan are influenced by Ryan kind of going after Jim in different ways. He doesn't mm-hmm. give Jim his desk back when Jim comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, he throws his chair or his uh, jacket on the chair. And when later he comes for Jim and gives him a formal warning in front of Toby. Uh, yep. And then when Jim is co-manager, Ryan writes that note, the, the email to everyone that uh, Jim doesn't have the power to hire and fire people. And mm-hmm. Jim and Pam have that conversation. Can you actually fire people? I don't know. <laughs> like, like, I, don't know. <laughs> I love that. Dude, the way that Ryan does that in front of Toby is so greasy, where he's like, hey, Jim, let me ask something. As an Eagles fan, like, how can you live with yourself or something? And then he's like, while I, mm-hmm. while I have you here, 
I want to give you a formal performance review. It's like, dude, just <laughs> just call him in and tell him. You don't yeah. need this stupid. Yeah. Well, and uh, for it anyway. Yeah. Pam is with him when Jim leaves that sort of passive aggressive voicemail after mm-hmm. Ryan is after they watch that video of Ryan being <laughs> yeah. escorted out in handcuffs. <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, what's it called? Uh, why am I blanking on the term? Taking joy in other people's misery. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Thank you. Uh, that moment. Going back to that moment you said when with the moment where they both kind of go for the chair when Jim comes back, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the jacket and the bag goes in and then there's, it's kind of that little talking head from Ryan when he's like, yeah, Jim's a nice guy. That's why I got the desk. Yeah. There's that yeah. little kind of eyebrow raise. Like that's sort of, that's sort of like, like Pam loves Jim because Jim is that nice guy and Jim is playful and silly, you know? And it's like, Ryan is not at all. Like Ryan is so career driven. He's so like upward mobility. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that moment is this perfect. like, yeah, this, this is what Pam, this is what Pam desires. And then this is the person she has to deal with a lot in Ryan. Um, but I don't know. It, at some point, Pam and Ryan's relationship does evolve a little bit where the power kind of switches but from I think it goes it's I think Ryan holds a lot of that power early by feeling like he's above it all and then post season four um, through Michael Scott podcast paper company uh, (laughs) that starts to change and we kind of get to the we should probably talk about the the Smokey Robinson cold open um, and then I mean even 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 in during the Michael Scott paper company like the sort of power dynamic there and it's like Pam who makes the first sale uh, over Ryan I think before we move, I, I I agree we should move to those later moments. I think before we move on from season four, we yeah. should mention that Ryan does ask Pam out in the yes. second episode of season four, and with Kelly dating Daryl, or Kelly is is she says I'm dating a lot of guys, and uh, <laughs> and there's that dynamic of Ryan. Oh, that guy can have have anything he wants. You know, he's living in New York. He's living this cool life. Yeah. Uh, Kevin and Andy are impressed. Then he asks. Pam out by after complimenting her on her art the same way yeah. that he kind of sneaks in that performance warning against Jim and Pam shuts him down. She's dating Jim. Uh, I think that might have an undertone to why Ryan is so acidic to her. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, if I'm remembering this right, I think there's a moment in early season three where Pam, maybe it's even episode one of season three, where Pam asks Ryan if he wants to play a prank on oh, Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, oh, uh, not right now, but ask me again when I'm five or something <laughs> like that. And is like really rude to her. So, I mean, I just feel like he's kind of always been sort of I liked of you better when you were temp. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to say that 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 da- that you know Ryan sure. actually Pam out explains the relationship or anything, but something to consider, you know. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I agree, we should move to um, Michael Scott Paper Company arc. I mean, I know we've talked about it quite a bit, but and I and What's sorry, the Alex, Smokey Robinson. Oh, uh, the cold open where Ryan pretends to be. Yeah, but which where rotten. does that land in the? I believe that's in season seven. I don't know the episode. Okay, yeah, that feels later. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like Smokey Robinson died, and and immediately Pam's antenna is like, you don't know or care. You're saying that you're <laughs> per, you're performing your sadness right now in front exactly, of everyone. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Paul and Anka. she's right. Yeah, yeah. And that's like Ryan Tears becomes this empty clown. shell. Don't call me a clown, Pam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I second that emoticon. Yeah. It screws up their cookie cutter world. I second that emotion. I second that emoticon is from a different show. There you go. <laughs> uh, but I, it, when in Michael Scott Paper Company arc, when they go to the bowling alley and Pam says, this wasn't on the list. When did you add this to the list? They have a brief exchange yeah. where she's, how much do you get paid? Ryan or Michael says, how much do they pay you here? And Ryan says $60,000 a year. And Pam says, they pay by the year at the bowling alley. How much do you make, secretary? So, like, they're already sniping at each other. Yeah, totally. Uh, early, early on. And it can, it just continues in, in, in throughout the whole process. They pay you by the year here at the bowling alley. <laughs> Not to mention, at the end of that, Pam gets the job over Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pam is fake fired and then hired, where Ryan is fake hired and then fired. <laughs> He did not react as well when I told him he got the job and then told him he didn't. <laughs> What's the reception? That's good. Yeah. That's just such a good bit throughout the series. Michael, Michael's inability to just hire or fire the first time correctly. What's the new receptionist's name? Aaron. <laughs> Bam knows what's in store for her. 
I wish I could have seen that. Oh, or yeah. more more of that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> yeah. So I mean, we got Ryan and Pam together, the Michael Scott Paper Company. Uh, certainly, kind of. Um, th- this definitely is where they feel like they bicker like siblings um, over making it. Who's going to make a copy first? Because then mm-hmm. whoever makes the first copy is the person who makes the copies. There's uh, arguing about whose corner is whose. Um, Ryan is like on the phone with a friend, like describing Pam, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. like oh, ranking yeah. her hotness, like in front of her. New York, uh, she's a six, but like seven yeah. in Scranton. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, even though I do think, uh, so even though there's some na- really nasty moments, like that's a pretty nasty moment between them. Uh. There's also some bonding moments here. There's also, like, they still throw cheese puffs in each other's mouth, and they still do the... (laughs) U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no... (laughs) Oh, Michael's got paper company. I mean, Michael really does kind of figure out a way to make it work for both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And by... I mean, Michael asserts his role as, like, I'm the boss. We're working together. You guys can keep like bicker all you want, but we need to we need to move the ship forward here, and uh, and then you, I think you, you, it was it was apt, Sean, of like they do have this a sibling relationship, and it, yeah. it feels like that by the end of Michael's yeah. Paper Company that like they have some underlying uh, ability to respect and get along with each other, but they don't really want to. When Dwight is sabotaging Michael and, Mike, and the Michael Scott Paper Company, and he's <laughs> on the phone with Dwight, you know Jim and. Uh, sorry, Pam and Ryan kind of work together <laughs> to like, give him the message. Like he's talking, talking about, about you. you. Yeah. And Michael's like, no. Is the <laughs> new like, guy yeah. is the new guy Charles? Is it Stanley? <laughs> <laughs> Very Will Smith esque. Uh yeah. yeah, they also they eat lunch together every day. There's that that I, yeah. it's it's not a it's in like a voiceover or montage, but they're like eating pizza and sitting on the curb. Yes. Mm-hmm. They they team up for the thing where Michael punches through the paper with the question mark on <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, they make like... the they make the scrapbook board like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And remember and, all yeah and yeah when they come back and they're all like so you know they're all like certainly... this team and they all love each other and they're treating each other better than everyone else like it's a really funny little pocket of time for those three characters. But I don't know. There's like a. I wonder if if Ryan pretty early on figures out that Pam sees through him and like, yeah. that's where all the bitterness comes from is she's just like one person where like, you know, yeah. Pam's figured about has seen all of his secrets. And then when they well, work we... together at, at, in the MSPC, they're just like right on top of each other. There's, he can't hide anything from her. Yeah. He can't, he can't I, project anything. I wonder too. I mean, it's like, this is also kind of how Ryan treats the women in his life. Like, you know, we get the sense that he's like, ugh, about his mom, but needs his mom who does a lot for him, <laughs> which is exactly the same way he acts about Kelly, which yeah. is the exact same way he acts about Pam. So, I mean, he's kind of a type in that way, too. He's this we have a kind date! Of... <laughs> just, <you> mean, yeah. <laughs> well, just like spoiled white boy, like, you know. Mr. Understood. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, should we talk about the poem? Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> later on, I think with Pam and Ryan, it outside of that, I mean, they have so many more moments, but a lot of it is around him and Kelly. I think uh, it's. I think it's an extension of when Pam says in a Talking Head, "Before I had my baby, I wouldn't have cared if Dwight had died a beat selling bachelor, beat farming bachelor, but having a baby makes you so soft." So I think she it's an extension of that for Kelly because she talks about how Kelly has is a she uh has an addiction and it's Ryan and she has to kind of help free Kelly from that. Yeah. Yeah. And, That's and, a good way to put it. It is yeah. an addiction. Purely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, just oh, the... they're both so bad for each other, but it works. <laughs> but Pam goes Pam goes so hard against Ryan here. Mm-hmm. So hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, that's that's a funny dynamic. She sets them. She sets Kelly up with Ravi, and they have that nice uh, sort of conversation in the the kitchen mm-hmm. after Kelly and Pam online shop together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ryan tries to sneak his way back in. He says, "I'd rather don't she... shake the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather her be alone than with someone else. Is that love?" Hot, <laughs> <Yeah>, dude. <laughs> Oh gosh! Yeah, and then he—he, he, I think some of this in the, in the in the Peacock version, which is half an hour long, like the Peacock version of this episode, is uh, Angry Andy is thirty-three minutes long. And there's a lot of like, it's it's different. I think it's recut to add quite a bit of new stuff, and mm. there's more with uh, with Pam and Ryan and Andy and or mm. not Andy, <laughs> Pam and Ryan and Kelly uh, in this episode, because um, Ryan is like very clearly trying to win Kelly back with these pictures that Ooh. he made Kelly take of him. <laughs> right. And he says, like, if you want your own prints, I can give you the link. And there's a line where he says... This was after his one-handed push-ups failed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, but uh, they have... Uh, there's one where Ryan has two of the same, and Kelly says, we have doubles. I could just take that one. Ryan says, well, I really kind of want both. <laughs> 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 weird power weird power things he does mm-hmm. so weird well then and then of course uh we have the scene in the break room where ryan kind of makes this appeal and all the other characters agree with pam oscar and kevin and uh nate, nate. of all people <laughs> yeah only knowing you a short while brian i prefer robbie i don't even really know the guy and then there's another scene that they added where meredith talks about she says, uh, I had a time in my life where I had to choose between a Ryan and a Ravi, and I chose the Ryan. And if I didn't, I wouldn't have my kids. And Jim says, well, you'd still have kids. And Meredith goes, hmm, better kids. Go with the Ravi. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, better kids. And Daryl says, uh, think about <laughs> th- – take some time to think about it and see what your heart says. And if it says Ryan, change it to Ravi. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the whole office could rally behind that. Yeah, not liking Ryan. And <laughs> a tag to Nate being in that whole thing. We everyone knows how much we all love Nate, and Nate has a lot of extra stuff cut into this episode. But uh, Ryan says, "See what they see what they think, Kelly. They can't stand our love. It screws up their cookie cutter world." Right. <laughs> and then as he leaves, Nate says, "Is he right though? Do we live in a cookie cutter world?" <laughs> and Kevin says, "Yes, but it doesn't matter." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, but cookie cutters are awesome. <laughs> Madeline, Lorna Dune, Pecan Sandy, can't trust a cookie <laughs> named after a lady. Uh, but then that episode ends with the horse. Yes, Ryan on the horse making this last appeal uh, to Kelly, and uh, I think we talked about micro characters, but the guy who is leading the horse. Turn around, <laughs> Betsy. Turn, turn around, Betsy. Want to turn around? Is uh, is one of the best. So, yeah, yeah. That's his. That's his last. Uh, his last ploy. Um, I want to marry you, Kelly Kapoor. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just getting out ahead of it. But someday, probably. I, I love can't... you, Kelly. Will you roll those? Two? Will you roll those dice with me? I can't promise you that I'll never cheat on you, nor should I. Modern marriages aren't built that way. Men aren't built that way. There's a very interesting article that I can email to you, but I can tell you this. Even if the odds are 50-50 that we'll break up within the week, I want to roll those dice. I love you, Kelly. What a perfect inter- uh, uh, summation of Pam and Ryan where Pam says, Oh, boo, boo. <laughs> you are toxic. You are toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he is honest <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, well, what about the poem? That's the only last redeeming quality Ryan has in that the poem that Jim <laughs> that they find uh, mm-hmm. that Jim says Ryan yeah. can never know. Yeah, Kapoor and Kadesperate. Yeah, Kapoor and Kadesperate. As he watches, he's a drifter out to sea, and when the Indian Ocean calms, one speck of white remains in waters cold and Kelly green. <laughs> Ryan can never know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god. That's he's one of the best little things is that he's got that way with like he just kind of 
He has this one sort of thing that actually hits. I, I love that. that they give him <laughs> he that. has a super appeal to a small thing. He's got yeah. one little thing he can do. <laughs> He's Mr. Understood. When I was a kid, my mom took me to Disneyland. I cried the whole time. I just wanted <laughs> to go home. <laughs> Savor it. It's time to come home. Uh, we didn't even you ever talk. wanted to taste a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part of the show where we just say that other time where that other yeah. time where uh, they're talking about the restaurant, like a restaurant. Louis Volpe's. It's Michael's last Dundies. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Yeah. The cheese, the cheese bread, bread breadsticks. There are like crack. <laughs> Love it when people uh, say that things are like crack without ever experiencing it. Okay, then. I don't know, well, something from your world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Breadsticks are like scrapbooking. Mm -hmm. uh, You're right. I'm a middle class fraud. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's so tense. It get, yeah, I know. It gets. They just go. They just go for it. They just go for the jugular after a while. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Soho is mostly lofts, but okay. Yeah, that's another great one. Yeah. Um, uh, we also have the fact that Ryan, instead of a wedding gift, gets Pam to give him money. Because that guy has an right. algorithm that can determine the outcome of every college basketball game. That's right. Don't tell um, <laughs> Gets him with the wolf, too. Like, he's yeah, got a... Wolf. He's, that's right. He's got something. So he that's aims another... incredibly high. Michael calls it out. Mm. Yeah, he has all Ryan... those things, but he also shoots incredibly high. And Ryan, yeah, maybe he's a two, but I'd rather bet on my own people. Sometimes uh, twos can be wild. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great video chat. I Skype. I text. I tweet. I phone. I woof. I phone. There is a great interaction between Michael and Pam in woof.com where, first of all, it's, we find out that Michael has been separating the trash into whites and colors. And <laughs> Pam talks to Michael and says, I hate to say this, but you know that special bond you've always felt with Ryan where you're best friends or you're his mentor or something? Yeah, right. Yes, best friend slash mentor. Michael, I think that feeling only goes one way. And you know, Ryan knows that and he's trying to take advantage of you. So Pam sees through Ryan, like you said, and, and gets Michael to kind of adjust the way that he treats Ryan as well and really push him to, to do the to, on wolf.com. Um, and Michael, for his point, for his part, says, you may be right. I may be crazy. Don't. I'm just saying that I agree with your point. Yeah, but in a jokey, jokey way where you're going to start singing. I thought it might make me feel better. Okay, go ahead. But it just may be a minute. No. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Pam and Ryan, uh, you know, never, never a comfortable scene when they're together. So it's really for Sean. This is a perfect, perfect I, office relationship for Sean. Yeah, yeah, I, I like, I like uh, Pam and Ryan. These moments are funny, which I like. I like it when it's funny. I like and... that. That's funny. <laughs> and and uh, that is true. Uh, you do watch The Office for the humor. You very comedically humorous, Sean. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just I it's fun to have sort of their like rivalry. Um, I mean, Ryan kind of represents the anti-office, and Pam, in a way. I mean, we've said before that perhaps Pam is the main character of the show, and. Um, you know, if if not, she at least kind of represents the heart and the soul mm. of of the Stamford branch and uh, Scranton branch, Scranton branch. And uh, <laughs> and Ryan would rather like take over this the the Scranton branch, like, you know, be be the corporate overlord. Ryan would like to it. be the main character of the office. Harness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's clearly so, not and knows it. In a way, it really is, you know, it, it, it is a rivalry. Um, they, they are frenemies, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, fun, fun to look at those, those moments in that relationship, definitely. And it's like Ryan was a writer. Pam wasn't. I, I mean, they're the actors. Uh, right. And BJ. so, like, BJ Novak is able to sort of make himself a villain. Uh, like he's able to to play with like who Pam's character is, who he is in a, in a really effective way. And I mean, eventually he's sort of just, 
uses Ryan in the later seasons to kind of just make fun of millennials or something and like <laughs> the changes in his outfits and, and everything. Um, he's just trying to find any identity, uh, chasing a fame of any kind as Andy would do. But, uh, I mean, it, they're the perfect, uh, it's a perfect summation of this show or those two characters, kind of the, the awkward, weird, bad parts of this kind of daily office life and sort of the, the warm heart that it also can be on the other side. There is an element of Pam that is that she's like, she has a lot of emotional intelligence that she sees with like characters that need help. And she'll kind of step in like Michael, for example, um, or, or other things like that. And I think an extension of that is seeing through Ryan. I thought you put it very, very well when you said that, because there are two other moments that come to mind. I think, um, well, there's the microwave note, of course. Yes, oh, of, course. Yeah. Um, of course. There is when, in the search committee, when Ryan thinks that the next manager should be a true outsider, a homeless person. <laughs> That's yes, thank you. And Pam says, really? Yeah. No, I want to hear you say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last one that I'm thinking of is in Lotto when um, – Ryan says, what are you doing? And Pam says, buying lottery tickets online. And Ryan says, everyone wants money, but they don't want to work for it. She said, didn't you come in at 1030 today? <laughs> ah, right. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> good ones. Um, well, there you have it. Pam and Ryan. Uh, let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll meet up in the conference room for some voicemails. So in season three in grief counseling, uh, Michael learns that Ed truck dies by having his kappa detated from his head. And in a fit of grief, Michael makes everyone have a counseling session with his big orb uh, in the conference room. And then they have a funeral for a bird that hits a window. And, you know, instead of all of that, Michael could have thought I should get some life insurance because if I'm drunk as a skunk flying down Route 6 and I slide into an 18 wheeler, the last thing you want to think is, Oh, I don't have life insurance. But you could with Ethos. With Ethos, you get life insurance in 10 minutes for as little as $10 a month. Unlike other companies' long, confusing, and outdated application processes, Ethos's 100% online application takes only minutes so you can get back to living. Ethos has no medical exams, just a few easy health questions, and competitive rates from top-rated carriers. Ethos is also affordable and convenient. So join thousands of satisfied families protected with help from Ethos who have given the company a 4.8 star rating on Google reviews. Not bad. Every year you wait, life insurance premiums increase by 8 to 10%. So get a free personalized quote at ethoslife.com slash Scott spelled E-T-H-O-S life.com slash Scott. Go to ethoslife.com slash Scott to get your free life insurance quote today. Ethos Technologies Incorporated operates in California as Ethos Life Insurance Services, not available in all states, and prices subject to underwriting and certain health questions. Conference room, 15 minutes. Half an hour. All right? All right, welcome to the conference room, folks. Uh, in today's conference room, we're going to be opening up the voicemail bag again because we got a lot in there. Y'all have responded to our requests. Um, Thank you. And we need to empty this thing out. So we're going to start here with a voicemail from Ian. Hey, guys. Ian in Portland here. Uh, I was just listening to the uh, Baby Shower Extended Cut episode. And uh, during the me uh, Medical Maladies a trivia game, uh, Edwin said that Phyllis has scoliosis as a girl. And I just wanted to clarify, that's really more of a woman's trouble. So... Um, anyway, love the show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just want to clarify to these. that is a zoning issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thanks, yeah, I haven't listened to this. Very, very, very good. Very, very good. Today. Very, very good. Uh, all right, let's move on. Thank you, here. Ian. Thank you, <laughs> Thanks, Ian. man. In town, dude. Nice. I, I, I think I think this is uh, e, uh, our friend Ian Ryan and my friend e, Ian listens to the show. Oh, perhaps perhaps there's another uh, another Portlander named you Ian. You make it sound to. like he's not all of our friends, Sean. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, he is now. Yes, but before <laughs> the show. <laughs> uh, okay, this next one is from Natalie. 
Hey guys, my name is Natalie. I'm calling from New Jersey. I forget what prompted me to leave this voicemail, but uh, one of my dad's favorite scenes from The Office is in Mafia when Michael calls Jim to ask what he should do about Grady, and Jim pretends to break up over the phone by saying, just, uh, and then he'll be safe. And now it's one of our favorite jokes. And if anyone asks what or how to do something, we will be like, just, uh, and then you'll be safe. But it got me thinking because I would love to use that one on a work call, like when somebody's asking me a question, I don't have time for it. So my question is, if you guys could recreate or use one of Jim's pranks or lines in a real-life situation with total immunity and assuming it will work perfectly, which one would you want to do? Love the podcast. Thanks, guys. Please don't call again. <laughs> Bye. Well done. Well done. Very I love good. The use Thanks, of audio Natalie. In the voicemail. I'm very impressed by people adding drops into their <laughs> yeah, voicemails. It's, it's, it's slowly happening yeah. more and more. It's, exciting. Really, it's very exciting. Really next level. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Natalie. Great question. Uh, and I love that uh, you and your dad do that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it is great. Um, and then you'll be saved. Um, <laughs> man. I, I can go if you guys want to. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for Please. it. The first one that comes to mind for me is one that I always wanted to do is when Jim uh, tricks Dwight and Michael into ordering Gator. In, in oh three. yes not not the gaydar part specifically but nice the thing that i've always wanted to do is the fake keyboard clicky clacky sounds that he does on the phone. he's like let me check <laughs> if you know what, like i feel like i don't have the right keyboard to actually make that happen and i don't want to bang on an actual computer to do it but that's something that i've always wanted to do it's great. that fake keyboard sound over the yeah. phone yeah and i mean john krasinski also does a really good job of taking that moment where he he's forgotten yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he remembers the prank all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know that this is just kind of like if you could recreate it. I don't think Gator would be the thing, but like some other device that you could use to set, like some sort of other fake device that you could use. You think I have a? You think I have a machine that measures beehives? Maybe something like that. Yeah. I'm just walking into this, but I might understand there's a beehive in the walls. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I actually speaking to Jim, forgetting that he set up a prank. I w- it would be amazing to set up like um, he sets up the scavenger hunt type prank for Dwight, and then Holy forgets Grail. about it. Yeah. The Holy Grail. I think that that would just be amazing to like do that for a friend. Where like one day, Alex, you dig something up in your backyard, and I'm like, oh my god, I completely forgot that I did this, and you never found it. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> dude! That's the thing is like, think about Natalie's question. Like, guaranteed to work. Like, opens up a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, hmm. I mean, from a from a purely uh, financially motivated sense, I would love to use the his prank and in Casino Night where he tricks Dwight into folding every time he coughs. <laughs> that would be that would be a very useful thing to guarantee work uh, against someone. Cut two, you're upgrading all your flights. (laughs) Bam, dude. Me and Danny (laughs) taking first class around the world. (laughs) Um, Boy, if I could pull off a tearaway suit on someone. Oh, that's a good one. Especially someone who would really, really respect that prank. I'm thinking our friend Ike would love it if I did that to him (laughs) and he didn't know it. Can't think of anyone who would enjoy that more. I know your listeners don't <laughs> no know one, Ike, but if you did, you'd be laughing. No one would laugh harder at that than Ike. <laughs> I'd yeah. like to see him doing this like... <laughs> he'd be like, so... He so he'd be so amazed. Um, <laughs> or the one with the fake FBI mission. That's another one that like, if you could convince someone oh, yeah. to really like... Yeah. I like when I like when Jim becomes the computer uh, in... Uh, I'm not going to remember which when episode, beca- but when... It becomes the Dunder Mifflin Infinity? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dunmifsis. Yeah. Yeah. Dunman, Dun, Dun yeah. <laughs> Great trivia team name. <laughs> uh, I would love to do that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this would just be fu- it'd just be so fun, but I would never have the balls to do them. So the, those 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 ones that I know would never work would be pretty special to pull them off. The Matrix cold open. <laughs> the Matrix cold open. I mean. I, you know what? You know what is one that I would do to someone actually is the uh, 
when Jim wraps the desk in wrapping paper, but then oh, there's actually sure. nothing inside of it. Like if you were gonna, <laughs> like <laughs> if you were gonna, like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like just Christmas morning, there's just like a clearly like a chair wrapped in wrapping paper, and then it's just there's nothing inside of it. I don't know. <laughs> I remember uh, <laughs> some fr- like family friends that when when their kids were younger. They gave the youngest kid, they wrapped a present and put it under the tree really early. And it was it was really big. And he was so excited about it because he was like, look, I have the biggest present under the tree. And it turned out to be like a crab pot that you would like trap crabs with. <laughs> <laughs> so he opened it on Christmas morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of, I mean, guaranteed to work. Guaranteed to work opens up a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for this. And Asian gym, I think, would be another good one. Not not for yep. the Asian thing specifically, but that you could convince somebody else in your life that you would be – that just another person was just inhabiting you yeah uh that would be incredible i mean the florida prank uh oh yeah tricking your uh, hotel room out um would be really fun to, to pull that off and have someone who would believe walk in and say oh jim it's like jim got mixed up with some bad apples <laughs> just be it would just be a really fun one to set up very theatrical alcohol um, club. anyway that's a great question uh natalie uh people out there send us your send us your takes mm-hmm. on what you'd want to do there uh, all right, let's move on here. Uh, next one here is coming from Harry. Uh, hi, this is Harry from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm, I'm just calling. Huge fan of the podcast. You guys are absolutely wonderful. Uh, I'm a little bit behind. I was just listening to your episode on He Day, and, uh, oh, yeah. and I was wondering, <laughs> uh, in terms of, like, you, you mentioned you touched a little bit on the idea that um, maybe an assassin is uh, still coming after Hide, and I'm wondering uh, what your feelings on uh, what your feelings are uh, on the fact that now all of Hide's information has been put out through this documentary series, and has PBS mm. endangered the life of Hide by by uh, showing uh, all of this information? Mm. Um, mm. So just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, thank you guys so much for uh, bringing a, a, a really wonderful, thoughtful, insightful, kind show. Um, uh, and uh, hope you're all doing well. Take care. Nice, thank Harry. you, Harry. Nice, Harry. That was a very nice voicemail. Yeah. Um, is Hide safe now that all his info has been shared? Well, I think that, yeah, Hide is definitely in danger. I mean, we know that the Yakuza... Uh, will sometimes go visit the trolley museum in Lackawanna County. Very relatable scenario. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that this is not good for Hide. <laughs> no, I mean, I can't imagine, um, you know, senior leadership in the Yakuza are watching a uh, PBS documentary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, <laughs> in Pennsylvania. <laughs> local, a local PBS documentary. You know, they got to wind down at the end of the day and, yeah, you never know. You know, try I mean, and learn something maybe. Could have gotten to someone somehow, but uh, I mean, in the same way that I mean, it ends with Creed getting well, at least Creed performing getting caught by the FBI, as we know. <laughs> We've decided Creed is a performance artist throughout this whole show, but he is like, I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe there's someone coming after him, but I also think this this just sets the grounds for what we've talked about is. It's making a uh, an office reboot or a revival or just a movie that has nothing in the original office. It is just a gritty telling of Hide's story <laughs> from both escaping Japan, you know, and maybe maybe it's like like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, where like you know it goes all the way to him meeting Daryl, and then it picks up after the show when uh, someone finds where he is again, much like in in Better Call Saul when Saul's in Omaha. Uh, could be fun. I don't know who should direct that. Maybe. Uh, Christopher Nolan. I don't know. It could be us. It could be us. <laughs> you just got to write that script. But that's like, yeah, that's the, that's the office reboot we get. It's just he days, he day trying a, a cat and mouse game, much like No Country for Old Men, but mm-hmm. throughout uh, Pennsylvania with an assassin on his tail. It would be called Heart Surgeon Number One, and it would also <laughs> nice. kind of play into the fact that he like meets a new a new uh, he finds a new new person or a new uh, new woman right as he says in the talking head yeah. um, so it's a love story as oh well. that's right that's right also make it a no country for old men sequel like maybe it's anton shugor is yet again the assassin and <laughs> he's trying to find Hide this time you also imagine that some of the publicity might 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is a reason to get more. Maybe he's. I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe this is a dumb take, but like he's protected by the fact that people know, and like he can actually like. Mm. I don't know. Get people know who he is now, and maybe there's a reason to protect him, kind of thing. Mm. Do you think he uh, could start his medical practice again? Maybe after this show, or maybe, maybe he does could it give him. Be like, oh, I never knew that guy was a surgeon. Or a salesperson in uh, an electronics store in Tokyo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Either um, one. Yeah, I think I think uh, Hide will always be safe. <laughs> yes. Oh, good. He's under Daryl's protection. <laughs> he'll be yeah, and, uh, and he'll be safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on. Thank you, Harry. Fun thought exercise. Uh, last voicemail for today. We're going to go to Leanne. Hi guys, this is Leanne from Connecticut. I was just listening to the Baby Shower episode and you were talking about um, cultural differences for listeners in other countries. And um, I just wanted to share my two cents that being on the East Coast, it really cracks me up how like amazed you guys are by the hers tips and the, <laughs> and the arts. Um, <clears throat> and also in one episode you mentioned one of you questioned if the others knew what the dirty stuff was on their cars in the winter scene mm. and like explain that it was from the salt and stuff on the roads and my mind almost exploded. Like I didn't realize that people didn't know about that. <laughs> oh, and I just thought that was kind of cool. It's interesting to get the perspective of people that live on the other coast. And that is all. Thanks for everything you do. Bye. Thanks, Leanne. Leanne. So this this prompted a question for me to you guys, which is, uh, I agree. I think it's fun to see like the differences in the regional uh, the regional sort of details that they're able to inject into the show, which is pretty cool. Give it some local flavor. So my question for you is, if there were a TV show or something set in the on the West Coast or in the Northwest, what would be some details that people might not know about that they could add to uh, add some uh, local flair? Mm. Oh, Tim's chips. Oh, Tim's. Tim's. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, Tillamook stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although Tillamook. Tillamook's everywhere now. That's everywhere. Stump right. Town's okay. everywhere now. There's a really Stump funny. Town. I saw a funny video of a woman like taking a block of Tillamook cheese and asking different people how they would pronounce it. And it's like Tillamook. Like it's <laughs> no, funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when I was like, yeah, it's Tillamook. That's just our local cheese. But now it's not. I, you yeah. could probably do that for a lot of beer as well. You could have a mm-hmm. lot of beer references. But again, a ton of those have gone, you know, national like Ten Barrel and. Uh, Deschutes, stuff like that. Um, I mean, uh, Jordan was just in town and was trying to bring King Harvest Hummus back. Oh, yeah. Back. King Harvest Hummus, <laughs> of course. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I have no idea how local that is or how big I don't know either. Can you get King Harvest I don't, in I mean, Washington? I don't see it down here. I, I Trust me, if I did, I would, I would buy it. Because you can't buy it online. You can't, like, it's just you have to buy it in person in stores. I don't think they're, like... Yeah. I don't know. Can I ask what you did with the King Harvest hummus that had accumulated in your fridge, Alex? Uh, so my friend left four tubs in our fridge before <laughs> he left. And he was supposed to bring it back with him. Supposed to bring it back to his fiance. So I don't know what happened there. Probably slept on the couch that night. But he, uh, we brought we brought two of them on a uh, ra- I did a uh, rafting trip the weekend after he left. So I brought two of them on that, and then we ate the other two. Nice. Or we're just about to. We're still got. We're still about halfway through one. Left. <laughs> uh, we are hummus rich. There is no doubt. Good, good. And but the funny part is like, the day before that, uh, my wife made a bunch of baba ganoush. So we just we had so much dip. <laughs> we just had way too much. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It was, it was just funny timing. But anyway, well, King Harvest Thomas. Uh, I think one detail would be rain and like the sort of all day mild sprinkle of rain that you get in Portland a lot of the time. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe making it too yeah. Portland specific, but um, no. I think the relationship to rain could be portrayed in a very specific way. Uh, you could do for Oregon. I mean, the no sales tax thing that, that could play yeah. into it. No sales tax. That's something and, I think people hey, don't think of. And the fact that you can't, you don't pump your own gas. You don't pump your own gas. That, that, that'd be a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's gas station attendants who pump mm-hmm. your gas. Hard to yeah. imagine like, a lot and of you have to sit- wait for them. Hard to imagine yeah. a lot of sitcom scenes though, where that would really come into play. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I mean, you could have, okay. I, I'll write you one right now is just, uh, trying to find gas in the wait, middle of on, the night on. and action. 
Uh, well, it's just a pitch, but <laughs> and scene. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find gas in the middle of the night. A lot of gas stations are closed. I I feel like when you can pump your own gas, you don't have that issue. Yeah, you can. If there's card readers, you can just just do it. Yeah. But if I'm driving with friends who aren't from Oregon and we're in their state or or we're somewhere else, this just happened in Michigan. This happened in um in Montana visiting my friend, and I'm like. I pull into gas stations like, oh, right. I can pump my own gas. And they're like, what? <laughs> why are you Why are you excited? Like, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> and it's a better system where you could just yeah. pump your own gas. But hey, you know, we got some extra jobs here. You don't have a busy gas station where there's one person working all of the pumps. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to wait for the guy to come over and actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Here's a uh, question. Are, are Juanita's chips nationwide? I don't, I don't know. Can you get Juanita's in L.A.? I haven't seen them. All right. Okay. I guess I, to be fair, I haven't really looked that hard. Yeah, those, those feel are... like a ubiquitous thing here. Yeah. Um, but Northwest is like it's it's a big region, so. I mean, I would include. have said I would have said weed dispensaries, but oh yeah, you know, just, those huh? just being everywhere and that being like a really common thing now, <clears throat> you know, for places like, you know, you know, in the South where it, that would be very strange. You know what? On that note. And kind of also with the rain, like, I think the general relationship to, like, outdoor culture that everyone kind of has in terms of, like, the fleeces, a lot of the clothing um, that, like, outdoor wear is is just kind of a piece of fashion in the Northwest. I think that's probably the case a lot of places. Patagonia, Columbia. But, like, yeah, it feels like in in, uh, in, in Seattle or in Washington Ooh. and Oregon, that's just a very prominent like what you thing wear. that everyone <laughs> participates in. A lot of people yeah. in the Northwest are dressed like they might spontaneously break out and do a hike. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. Oh, I, there's oh, a trail here. I, well, I, I'm ready. <laughs> wow, I got all the stuff. This is yeah. great. I have a uh, huge water bottle. I carry I everywhere. Happen to be wearing my trail shoes in a soft shell. <laughs> I, I found like it, it, like in Charlotte, I found that like a lot of people were dressed like they might spontaneously start golfing. But yeah. so it, you know, I think that that you know, oh, paradise. <laughs> that is. <laughs> That is a, a a difference for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, as Mark Twain said, you know, golf is a good walk spoiled. So they're basically the same hiking <laughs> and golf. <sighs> uh, well, there you have it. Uh, there you if, have it. If <laughs> if you have a, a a question that you'd like to ask us, um, we love to hear your voices. Oh, uh, any. I wanted to say this too before the show. It's any listeners that are in Switzerland, let oh, us know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Edward needs some friends over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zurich. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you have uh, any advice for living in Switzerland, uh, call us five zero three six nine four nine three one four. Leave us a message. We love to play them on the show. Uh, best way to get a hold of us also is uh, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. I think that we will recommend following us on Instagram if you want to stay up to date on... Yeah, the Facebook page is, is poorly maintained. <laughs> there is a fan page. There is a fan page. That's true. Shout out and to that people is who much run more it, who make some you. incredible stuff on And that is more well maintained. Y'all are one, the best. That's, one, that's a better resource. One thing that they brought to our attention is Sean saying, well, there you have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Which, which now I have to say. It's my catchphrase. Um, so thank you. <laughs> uh a limousine. <laughs> I, I have an announcement before you we, we do the yeah, full okay. conclusion. Okay. Uh, I forgot to mention. You're moving this... back to Portland after Switzerland. <laughs> wow, this is like a little Easter egg announcement buried in the uh, the ending of the show. I'm sure yeah, a lot true. of people I, skip by that. <laughs> I know. I was going to say I hope that – because I forgot to mention this up top with our other housekeeping. But uh, yeah. if you enjoy uh, the music at the top of the show, you can listen oh, to a oh. new musical project for myself and a friend of ours, friend of the pod, Will. Uh, it is called Temptation Island. It is available on Spotify. It's fun, silly R&B music. And you should check it out. I think we're going to play it as the outro to this show. But uh, the name of the band is Temptation Island. Check it out. Uh, going to a party on a Saturday night, Living in My Fantasy, both available now on Spotify. <laughs> on a major music platform. So exciting. This has been in the works for uh, quite a, a while. Decade, An amazing yes. mic drop by Edwin before he leaves the country. Just like, here's two singles for you. Bye. <laughs> Um, He's going to yeah. the Temptation Mountains. 
I highly <laughs> recommend uh, checking that music out. It is fantastic. Uh, Edwin's got such an incredible singing voice. Temptation and, uh... Mountain is the acoustic B side. <laughs> yes, you should, you should, you should do some some broody, you know, really like introspective acoustic songs there. Temptation I'm Mountain. Go into a party. <laughs> Just bone of air covers of Hilarious. Temptation Island. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so check that out on Spotify. Uh, we have a website, michaelscottpod.com, and of course we're on patreon.com slash michaelscott. Uh, join us, become a Scott's Tot, five bucks a month. You'll get uh, those Patreon monthly mailbag episodes are going to become a little more valuable here in a second when we <laughs> go bi-weekly. So go, go join us there. Um, um, thank you to, to everyone who supports the show through Patreon. We love you so much. Um, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who designs our artwork. And this episode was recorded over video chat. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us, for sending us your thoughts, your, your questions, your takes, for supporting us on Patreon, um, just for listening to the show and, and spending a little time with us. Uh, we really, truly appreciate it. It makes doing the show a blast. And uh, even though... We will have to be a little bit less uh, less weekly in, in, in the, the weeks and months to come. Um, we're going to keep doing it as, as best as we can. So thank you as always. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Take care. Stay safe. I'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the sabbat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell me, do you daydream about me too? I hope you do. Got me feeling like Selena because I'm dreaming of you. Come on, girl. Take a step into my the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.